Welcome back to another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. I'm Stephanie, and today Michelle and I interviewed someone that I have spent the last 27 years married to. Yeah, we are. I mean, I am personally so excited because I know David as your husband and as a friend, and he is just a delight, but his story is so good. And he's such a credit to every university that he's gone to. And we're going to hear his story. We're also going to learn a little bit about the air conditioning business. For those of you thinking about the summer season, (laughs) it won't help. (laughs) So it won't help. (laughs) He is as charming as ever. It's such a good episode and it is our 20th episode. So thanks for listening and stay tuned. You're going to love it. Yes, 20 episodes. Congratulations to us. So for the 20th time, let's roll the intro. Welcome to the show, David. This is like a real struggle for me not to fawn because this guest is one of my favorite people in the world and he's married to my best friend. And we met him, we were babies. I think I was 20, maybe he was 19 or something like that. And back then he was handsome, of course. He was charismatic. He was hysterically funny and nothing has changed except that he is the most humble person. Maybe I know. And Steph too, they are a humble couple. He is so successful. He's going to tell us his story. He's a blast. And I am so, so happy that you're here, David. Welcome to the show. Mish, thank you so much. Hey, it's an honor for me to be here. I'm, I'm like your biggest fan. I'm a huge groupie and I love the show and I'm honored to be on with both of you. I'm so excited because David, when we first started this podcast, I begged him, please just listen to the first episode. You know, let me know what you think. And honestly, he's listened to every episode since and has given great feedback and he's enjoyed it. So I said, what do you think? Do you want to be a guest? And Michelle and I thought you would be really good on it. So thank you, David, for coming to our show. And this is a little weird, but I'm excited. Yeah, it's great, especially because it's our 20th episode, which is a wonder in and of itself. And he has given such good constructive feedback that it makes perfect sense that he's on the anniversary episode, which is now what we're going to call it. And so let's get it started. Yeah. So, um, all right. So for those of you that know us, you know that David's from West Hartford, Connecticut. So David, take us to senior year in West Hartford. And how did you end up at Cornell? I'm actually not even sure I know the the real story. Well, for some shocking reason, I was recruited there for lacrosse and I went up on a, uh, on a recruiting trip and my host took me to a hockey game and it was just a phenomenal experience going to the game, being with the other folks that were getting recruited, fell in love with the campus right away. And I miraculously got in against all odds and it was by far the best school I got into. So it it made it pretty easy. Oh, I had no idea that you were recruited for lacrosse. Yeah, I should not have been, um, but I, and they, and they realized that pretty soon after I got there, but they, uh, so I did. And I, I played on the B team my freshman year during my sophomore year. It was pretty apparent my freshman year, but even more apparent my sophomore year that they were just far better than I was. So I quit, but I love playing. I love, I love the guys. I love the sport, but they were at a different level than I was. Yeah. I think I've said in past episodes that I tried to be a walk-on and I got to the field with my lacrosse stick and about faced and left. I didn't even step on. There was, they were playing a different (laughs) game than I had ever played. Yeah. Wow. But that's impressive. Okay. So that was your freshman year and you came to campus. Where did you live? 
I live on North Campus. I was actually a January freshman, uh, so I got accepted. It was one of those acceptance letters that said, congratulations, you are accepted for January. So I was like, wait, oh, uh, you know, mixed feelings, didn't know what it meant. But then I actually met with a coach and they said, you know, do what you're going to do. Whatever you want to do, fall semester is fine. I ended up going to London with one of my uh, best friends from high school. We went to the Ithaca College London Center at my the fall semester of my freshman year, got credits. And then came to campus before school started in in the other semesters because of lacrosse. And I lived on North Campus. Yeah. Where on North Campus did you live? I lived in one of those low rises, six maybe, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Had a great roommate, uh, just a great, great guy. He rode for the school and uh, was a perfect roommate, great guy. We spent a lot of time together. It was kind of nice living on North Campus because it was quiet. So we could go out at night and do our thing. But then we had a room to come back to that was quiet. You get some work done and then relax. Was most of your social life that freshman year, spring semester with the lacrosse guys or what kind of stuff were you doing? Well, I had a good friend that played both lacrosse and football. So uh, when I arrived on campus, he was one of the first guys I met because we all had gotten there before classes started. And then he introduced me to a lot of the, the guys that played football. So a lot of my social life was around the fraternity that he was about to pledge and a lot of my other friends were pledging. Oh, wow. That's a great, I mean, people would kill for that entree into the school. My gosh. Yeah, it did make it easy. And then what happened sophomore year? So I pledged a fraternity as a sophomore. So a lot of the guys were moving into the house because they had all pledged as freshmen. And I stayed on North Campus and lived with my same roommate that I lived with freshman year. We lived together, I think, in the same room our our sophomore year. It just worked. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so then you pledged the spring of your sophomore year? Yes. Spring of sophomore year. And what fraternity were you in? I was in DU, House of uh, Scholarly Athletes, um, <laughs> which I can assure you isn't true, but that was what, what we, we told ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and then didn't you live in the fraternity your next two years? I did. Yep. Uh, two great guys. My, I love my two roommates. And uh, we lived uh, together, both our junior and our uh, senior year together. And, you know, they're friends to this day, of course, and just wonderful guys. Okay. And did you hold an office? Is that why you lived in the second year? I did. I was, I was vice president. Again, I think it was just by default. I don't think that there was no. any real particular <laughs> talents that I brought, but, you know, I, I was vice president and I don't remember adding much value. I always say that was true of our sorority also. I feel yeah. like the vice president, I, yeah, I'm unsure of what the role was. Not a defined role or tasks. No. Yeah, it's just. So that means you never lived in College Town as an undergrad student. I did not. No, I spent a lot of time in College Town. I uh, love the bars in College Town, some of the restaurants there, but I did not live there. I feel like that's unusual. I like that story. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. I never really thought about that. That was like so much a part of our college experience. But I, I think for guys, some of them did live in the house till the end. It worked well. And our, our fraternity wasn't far from college town. So we'd go out at night, uh, either to the fraternities or into college town. And it was kind of an easy trek back. What school were you in? Arts and science. And your major? Government. Did you take Government 111? Yeah, well, I think, I don't know, Michelle, if you remember this story. That's... When I first laid eyes on both of you. That's right. That's where it all started. Although nothing really actually happened, but I'll tell you a true story, which is that I was in government 111, my friend and roommate and I, not my freshman, sophomore roommate, but my junior, senior roommate, Pat and I were in the section together and you two 
we're sitting there and um, I whispered to Pat at the time that I looked at Steph and I said that uh, she's, she's the girl I'm going to one day marry. <gasps> and yeah. that's, he told that at our wedding and it, by the way, you're beautiful too. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I, I, I'm hearing the sounds of a second fiddle playing. Yes. yes. So, uh, just the, you know, the short blonde was my thing, you know, still is. so it was <laughs> just a different look, both gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, he said he was going to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> and I, I, now I kind of remember that yeah. story from the wedding, but I didn't remember it yeah. was government 111. Yeah. Really? All right. So can, let's, I, I want to hear about other things, but let's stay on this for a minute. So you see her in the section and what happens next? How do you eventually meet her? Well, I don't think I had the courage to really even ask her out. She's an older woman. Uh, she's a, she was a, a sophomore. I was a freshman. And uh, I might have made some fumbly ask out, which I'm sure she just, you know, dismissed out of hand. No. But then nothing happened that year or I, I, nothing really ever happened till senior year. Yeah, I don't think our paths crossed very much after that section until se- until my senior year, right? Yeah, I, you know, I remember that I had this huge attraction and then we were kind of going our separate ways. And then our junior year, Misha, I don't know if you know this, but Steph was in the Cornell calendar. You know, remember, yes, she was like, yes, something. Of course. Were, I mean, it was, by the way, a fully appropriate calendar. I mean, yeah, yeah, and also order. just for the listeners, a very low budget, random, <laughs> weird guy put a calendar together. There well, was that is not true. Sponsored. Steph was no. one of the glowiest, prettiest oh, girls on campus. There was no yeah. question. And I would have put her in the calendar, too. And not in a weird way. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And it was like fully cool. I mean, it wasn't like a bathing suit. Oh, so God. she was like, it was just so anyway, uh, I see her in the calendar. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a girl from, you know, freshman year that I committed to marriage. And uh, so, um, but then again, I, I kind of, nothing happened, I think really until our, her senior year, my junior year. Okay. And what happened? Well, I would, I started seeing her more often around campus and then I'd always like kind of make some kind of move, which again, I think would last, you know, we'd see each other at a party. I would say something <laughs> idiotic. She'd walk I don't know, away. the creaker, the creaker. I'm warming up to that. Oh, you're warming up to the creaker. Yeah, okay. That okay. A bit of a, yeah. That was so the, the warm up. We, <laughs> we, we have, um, what's it called when a fraternity and sorority, a social? Like a mixer or something. A mixer. Excuse me. Yeah. So we had, you know, DU and SDT did a thing at the creaker together. And there was a guy in my house talking to Steph. And I said to one of the pledges, who was this kind of big football guy? I said, can you go remove him from that conversation? <laughs> And he said, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're big. Just get, move him away. So he went over and true story. He actually went over and picked him up Yeah, and that's took true. him away. And then I came, I swooped in and did my best to charm her and asked her out on a date. She said, I said, let's go out for dinner. And by the end, she said a variation of yes. And again, <laughs> Mish, you're in all these stories. So yeah. then the next morning, my friend Pat and I are walking along, I think, College Ave or one of those. And then we stumble upon both of you. And I said, you know, Steph, are we, we still, you know, good for dinner? And she goes, no, no, I, I, uh, no, I just think it's not a good idea. I don't, I'm not going to go out for dinner. I go, yeah, no, I, I can't do dinner either. Let's do lunch. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> I remember it exactly. You remember that? Oh my yeah. gosh. I remember that. I, I thought David's reaction to that was priceless, was yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So we made a lunch date. 
we made a lunch date. We, uh, we went out to the pines. Do you remember the pines? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we went, we went to the pines. We actually played a game of pool and she almost beat me, which was kind of throwing me off, Yeah. but pulled it out. And, uh, <laughs> and then honestly, kind of the rest is history. You know, I did have to ask her out literally, I think 15 times before she just, she just gave up. I think that's yeah. the only reason. I, <laughs> that yeah. is not true. But once it happened, it, happened. That's right. Yeah. It was like David's persistence paid off because it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yes. To all of us. Cause we love him. But yes, yes, I remember like once you had gone out, nobody looked back and you guys have been such a great couple forever and ever. You're both funny and brilliant and great parents and you have this great family. And I don't want to get too far off course because I know we were talking about where you were living. And I know that in addition to pursuing Stephanie, you also did some exciting things your junior year. One of them was, I think, going abroad. Well, I I did do a semester abroad my freshman year that the fall semester of my freshman year in London. So I didn't want to go abroad again as a junior, but I did feel like it'd be a good experience to have an off-campus experience. So I did Cornell and Washington. Uh, I know at least one of your other guests had talked about doing that as well, because I am a groupie. So I listened to all of your podcasts <laughs> and it was, it was a phenomenal experience. As, as she mentioned, it's over by DuPont Circle. It's like on 22nd and O. I did do an internship in the White House, they kind of help you connections and all that. So Cornell helped. I had a, a great internship, a great experience, love taking classes right there in the building. And uh, we had, you know, lived with a, a couple of guys from ATO and, and just had a wonderful experience. So were you thinking about politics because you were a government major and then you did Cornell in Washington, working at the White House? Were you thinking about politics at that point? I really wasn't. I didn't ever think that I would want to be a politician or go into politics, but I was just intrigued by the whole process. I got a real interest in how government worked and I was interested in it, but I never thought it would be a real career for me. And yet, I believe the number of presidents that you have met in your lifetime far exceeds (laughs) even Barbara Walters. How many presidents have you met? (laughs) Um, well, after I graduated, I worked for George Bush Sr. 41. Uh, so I spent a year there making, I was the lowest paid person in the White House. I worked, I got, I made $16,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I spent a year there. So I, I was fortunate to meet him a few times. Steph met him and the first lady at the holiday party, which was yep. wonderful. Amazing. I did, you know, Steph and I were very fortunate to meet the Obamas. That was a phenomenal experience for the Kennedy Center honors we met during that. I'll tell you, weirdly enough, I got invited to a Zoom call that they said was going to be Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. And I thought it would be one of those Zoom calls with a thousand people on and, you know, we're all muted. And I get on and I'm, I'm on and those two former presidents are on and like three other people. And I'm thinking that I screwed up my zoom and there's really they're all somewhere i just can't see them and the the host says all right dave you know i don't know if you've ever met president clinton i was president bush i'm like no no i haven't met but i obviously recognize you so we ended up (laughs) uh, others joined and uh they were tremendous they played off each other they really looked like they had a genuine great relationship with each other and i was not going to say anything um but then (laughs) i made a movement to like kind of make sure my phone was muted and they thought I was raising my hand. Uh, So they called on me and I asked some nonsense question, but it was, uh, so I don't know if that's considered meeting them, but I had, yeah, that counts. And then I, I believe you were in a picture with president Biden recently. Yeah. We, during the uh, infrastructure bill signing, I was, I had nothing, you know, no real relevance, but I was, I shook his hand and was on the stage for that. I can't do math. Well, I think, is that five presidents? 
Yes, but yeah, two don't so. really count. No, that counts. Kind of Zoom. That yes. counts. Same thing. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to your Cornell career. You went to Cornell, Washington. You studied government. When did you realize that you might want to go to law school? I did that job for a year in D.C. I worked in that Bush 41 White House, which was a, a phenomenal experience. But I knew very early on that politics and that whole scene was not for me. And I really had no idea what I wanted to do. So I applied to law school almost by default. I thought, you know, I, I have I like reading and writing and learning. So I figured I'd apply to law school. I applied to one law school and I was fortunate to get in uh, University of Connecticut School of Law. So I went really with no agenda, not even thinking I might be a lawyer, which I think would be a natural thought if you go to law school. So (laughs) I did that. I practiced law. I broke the record for the shortest amount of time at this law firm. I was there four months. And then I- Wait, how uh, long? How long? Four months. months. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I think the over-under was a year. So I I met the under. (laughs) And then I- uh, I clerked for a federal judge for a year and nine months. And then I really knew that I wanted to go into business. So I, I moved on. And I know you eventually- I happen to know you went to MIT Business School, but did you work in between that time and then business school, or that was where you made the transition after that year and nine months? No, after I clerked for the judge, I did know I wanted to go into business. So the plan was to go in-house to a corporation, then hopefully one day transition from the legal side of being an in-house attorney over to the business side. And we were living, Steph and I you know, had gotten married when I guess we were both in law school or it was right before you graduated. I ju- right? No, I just graduated. I passed the bar. We got married and then I went to work. You had a year left in law school. Yeah. So I, we got married just before my third year. Steph had just graduated. And so we were living in Hartford, Connecticut and uh, applied to United Technologies to go in-house. So I went in-house and then I, the company was phenomenal, sent me to MIT to get my business degree. And then after that, I started doing a series of business roles within the company. I mean, yeah, you say that like it's not a big deal. It's like an impossible get. You're a genius. You're a genius. Look at these places that you've been to. Yes. Well, we're going to, I'm going to quiz you to see how smart you are later. But okay, so then you went to... MIT Business School. And what happened after that? So I was with the company, come back to United Technologies. I was on the aerospace side. We had a systems division that I was a part of and then just did different businesses. We, Steph and I moved to Fairmount. You know, we had started in Hartford, went to Boston for MIT, back to Hartford, ran a small business there, went to San Diego, ran a bit of a bigger business there. And we moved back to Hartford, a bit of a bigger one there, moved to Charlotte and they gave me a little bit more responsibility and it was sort of every couple of years or so taking on a bit, a bit more responsibility. And it just honestly just got very fortunate. It kind of worked out well. I mean, you're a superhero. And if I were going to start a company, I would put you at the helm. But you're, you, you didn't just get more responsibility. I mean, now you are the CEO of a major company that is uniquely important in times of COVID. You're all over CNBC and living a great life in Florida. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and how it's different from all of your other roles. Well, United Technologies had four divisions, two aerospace, and then one was Otis Elevator and one was Carrier. Carrier does air conditioning and fire and security and refrigeration business. And when we were getting ready to spin Otis and Carrier to become their own public companies, my boss came and said, would you like to go be uh, CEO of Carrier? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you know, you got to, you want to think about it? I said, no. And he said, do you, you want to, uh, you know, you got to move to Florida. I said, that's fine. Because we were living in Charlotte at the time. And he said, well, do you want to talk to Steph? I said, no, no, she'll be fine. <laughs> 
You see how things go in our household sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, why not, this is like a Thursday or a Friday. So why don't you take the weekend, talk to Steph and, you know, let me know. Because I, I was always in aerospace and I loved aerospace. And so, you know, kind of always a part of me. It was just a great opportunity because Carrier, as it was spinning, you know, Willis Carrier invented modern air conditioning in like 1902. So we had a great legacy, but we also had this opportunity to be kind of a startup and start all over. So we think of ourselves as this 100-year-old startup. And it was, for me, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I was fortunate to get the opportunity. And um, so now Carrier became a public company in uh, April of 2020. And it's just been a lot of fun. It's a great oh company. And I work with tremendous people at, a, at an exciting time. So it's been great. It's also incredible that Stephanie's career lends itself to being able to work from wherever she is. And you guys have just made this work and your kids are so adaptable and so incredible. And your career is fascinating. I, what I would say is, first of all, Steph has always been, always will be far. And I don't say this in, with any false modesty. She's always been far smarter than I am. So she's she does practice uh, as an attorney. They've given her great flexibility so she can work from down here even though it's a Connecticut firm. So she's done that. And because our families moved a lot together, you know, it really brings, we were already very close, but you know, when you move to a new city and you don't know anyone, you just rely on each other. So yeah. our family's always been close, but every time we've moved, the kids have always become more adaptable. Steph always, as you know, makes a great group of friends and yes. our social life revolves around the friends that she makes. I mean, we just hope the husband's like me. Um, <laughs> and our families become just super close, uh, partly as a result of Steph raising them and, and all the various moves. Oh, thank you. That's nice of you to say. I agree. She is just, she's one in a zillion, but you both are, you both are, and you, you are both so impressive. And I'm sure if we can get Cornell to listen to any of this, they would love to see what you both did with your degrees. But now I want to stay focused for a couple of minutes on your position as CEO of Carrier. Yes, I'm extremely nervous, but let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's see what you know. Yeah. The first one is, are BTUs a scam? <laughs> no, they're real. They are? Okay. Because it yeah. seems like when people say yeah. something has 8,000 lumens, that doesn't mean anything to me. Wait. Second question. Do you get angry when people roll their windows down in the car and have the air conditioning on? <laughs> uh, it's actually a good thing. It's kind of like uh, buildings. You uh, you actually want a little bit of, you obviously want air conditioning, depending on where you are in the world at what time of year, but you also want to bring in outside air. So a little bit of fresh air combined with a little indoor air conditioning is a nice combination. Okay. He's probably saved about a thousand marriages. Right yes. Now. That yes. is incredible. <laughs> My first marriage I've saved. <laughs> <laughs> now this one is is specific, but I think you're going to be able to handle it. What has a higher boiling point? Our friend Liz, when someone opens an umbrella on a Manhattan sidewalk, or the wall-mounted 18,000 BTU 22.5 Sear Carrier Dual Zone heat pump system wall-mounted. <laughs> We're going with Liz on that one. Yeah. Liz. Uh, even yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, that, that was easy. Yeah. Yes. No, Liz was, uh, she was in San Diego. She moved down, I think, at the end of our, when we were there. That's that right? right. Yeah. 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 No, I wouldn't mess with that. No. Even... Don't mess with Lizzie. All right. This one, and I won't tell Carrier, what is your dream job? Carrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is optimal muffin temperature? <laughs> 74. Yep. Steph, is that true? Yeah. In Florida? 74. Yeah. I like 74. Okay. All right. This came in. Somebody said, thanks for answering my question. 
I think, uh oh, she can't get through it. It's funny, not even know the question. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for answering my question. Uh, I think a bat flew into my HVAC. Uh oh. Wait, what was the question? What's the, the question? question? What do you... the, oh, the question is, <laughs> the question is, isn't that cool? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I could share with you some of the emails I received, that would be, that's actually more in the fairway than some of my other ones. Oh, yes. yes. As CEO, do you personally make the Freon? I do. I do. I do the mix myself. <laughs> yeah, in our kitchen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, every day before work. <laughs> I send yes. him off with a batch, batch of Freon. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I come home and talk to Steph about refrigerants. Mish, you can't imagine how exciting it is. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I could, I, we could just get all into refrigerants <laughs> right now. Yes. That would get your crowd really going. Although, he, you yes. know, when he was in aerospace, anytime someone's flight was delayed because of a mechanical error, he would get a text like, is this your part? Is there anything you can do now? Any air conditioning question right to him. And you can imagine in Florida, how many questions you get. 90% from my mother. She, uh, but no, I mean, they would be, the pilot would come on and she, they'd be like, we're going to have a delay 20 minutes, a mechanical issue. She'd call and then say, I'd say, well, what is he saying? It is. I go, it's not, it's not our stuff, mom. And then she'd say, well, it's an electrical issue. I'm like, oh yeah, that could be, what kind of plane is it? Oh, it's an A, whatever. And I'd say, oh yeah, that's definitely us. Uh, but now it's, um, it's, it doesn't matter, as Steph said, it doesn't matter if it's carrier, no matter what, Eric, I mean, you would, you can't imagine, I guess people are running out of conversations in Florida, but the cocktail chatter around air conditioning, you know, <laughs> I have an issue with, I go, did you replace the filter? Almost no matter what the question is, have yes. you looked at the filter? Yeah. 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 Well, our switchboard was lighting. Uh, yes. Oh, the question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for playing along with that. That was fun. Yeah. You did very well. So David, you know that we do a speed round and you know, because you listen to our podcast. So can we do our speed round with you? Get a few Heck yeah. Love questions in there. It. All right. Okay. Favorite on-campus dining. Louis lunch. Uh, do you guys know that? Was, yeah. you, oh yeah. You live yes. on North campus. Misha. Do you remember that? Like you always ask about the hot truck on your, yes. your thing, but I wasn't a big hot truck guy after, you know, a late night, we would stop up there. They had this Turkey bacon, cheese thing you know tbc tbbc or something so that was my favorite thing was up on louis lunch which i know everyone else answers the straight because you know it was social yeah. and whatever but yeah. no that was my thing yeah how about your favorite off-campus dining i, I don't know uh, i guess actually uh, little joe's would uh yeah. if we were like in a splurge that was always good yeah what about your favorite bar college town bar johnny's yeah, you were a Johnny's guy. Uh, we yeah, we went there a lot. Johnny's. Our our big three, I think, were Johnny's, Dino's, and Dunbar's. I know I'll be, I know a lot of your guests always say Rulofs. We like Rulofs too, but I don't I don't know how welcome we were there. It was sort of yeah. No, no, just keep going and then take a left and a left where you're, <laughs> yeah. where you're supposed to be. Yeah. How about what was your favorite place to study on campus? Yours. Is that the library, right? Yes. Over by the straight? Yeah. Um, I would go, I'd walk up many stairs and find just a random place by myself and um, try to hunker down. That was one thing is I tried to, when I had to study or get work done, try to do it pretty focused by myself. And then when it was time to have a good time, we did that as well. And what was your favorite class? Well, Government 111 because of the heretofore story. Mm -hmm. But yes. uh, I did like Psych 101. I think there were some of those government classes. Uh, but Government 111, one of your other guests talked about, it. I guess it was Ted Lowy and Ginsburg. I can't remember his first name. Yeah. They really did play off each other and they had different views of the same issue. And I, I thought it was a superb class. 
you know, it's a different world now than when we went to college. What advice would you give freshmen right now? It's a unique opportunity to have a lot of intellectual curiosity and just soak up a lot of the various things that college has to offer. So, you know, the unique classes that you might not normally take because they're not perfectly aligned with your major, but they're of interest to you um, would certainly take those. By the way, I want to now go back on one of my other answers. Now I'm thinking about it. Everyone says wines, but wines was a great class. I took that, love that class. But, you know, I would take unique, interesting classes that just sort of speak to you that may or may not have direct applicability. I didn't do much of it, but, you know, Cornell gets phenomenal speakers. I used to go to some of the comedians or performances that were up there, but those were always fun. You know, I think the Dalai Lama came when we were there. Is that true? Or am I making that up? I don't remember that. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like, very unique opportunities to meet and hear interesting folks. And then of course, when it's time to work, work, when it's time to have a good time, you know, it's a unique opportunity to just really make these great friendships and and go out and enjoy yourself. What about advice to a graduating senior, which we will have in a couple of years? We've had two and we'll have one more. Well, I think we're always on this search, I think, for ourselves to find out what will we put on this earth to do, you, you know, and sort of just be true to yourself and figure out what opportunities really speak to you. And I, I think for me, it took a little while to find it. You know, as I got into my late 20s, I said, you know, I think I really want to be a business leader. And I was very lucky that that's, you know, generally worked. You, you know, it's just this sort of search of finding what, what were you put on this earth to do and then go after it with some vigor. I think it's important that you mention that it took a little bit in your 20s because I feel like most seniors feel like they have to know the second they step out what they want to do. And that wasn't the case for you. And you still had tremendous success. My resume read like a time card for the first five yeah. years. I, mean, I, <laughs> like, I started yeah. and quit jobs like at really like every six to 12 months trying to figure out the same thing. And I think it's valuable to, to give that advice and say that it's okay to have those years of figuring it out and getting to know yourself and, and what you don't want as much as what you do want. It is a journey, you know, a journey of with yourself and, and finding your way. I do think it's natural in your 20s to, to move around a bit as you're sort of finding your way. But my own personal recommendation is, is once you find it, I would try to stick it out for a while uh, because I think the younger generation today tends to move from company to company. I, I think there's a lot to be said for some level of commitment, stability, and you'll go through some good times and bads, but uh, and ba- and tough times. But I, I happen to believe there is a benefit to seeing something through because then you you live with your mistakes over time and you you learn from those mistakes. You have a unique career in that you did a lot of different things within one company. And so at that fork in the road where you had to decide, all right, I want to stick with the legal career, I want to move to business, or I want to live in this city and now I'm ready to move and try something different. You were really able to do all of the things that you wanted to do in your career in one company for the most part. Yeah, I've really only been with one company you know, starting when I was, whatever it was, 27 or so, 26. So it's always been with the same company. And if you consider Carrier, which was a spin from UTC and that consider that part of the same company, I never, I don't have a resume. You know, I've never done a resume. I've never put together a resume. And I get, I think in the last like 27 years or so. Yeah. Wow. So let's bring our listeners a little current because everybody wants to hear what a CEO does with their life outside of running a giant company. So tell us, do you have a favorite TV show, either Netflix or otherwise that you're binging or what, you know, what you really love right now? Uh, Steph and I are watching Fauda. Uh, really wow. like that. 
we do watch This Is Us. Um, Steph loves shows more than I, so she has to, you know, kind of get that off on the side where she's she watches a, a lot of different series. But I think those, Steph, am I right? Those are the two yes. we're watching right now. Yeah, we once David David's not one to really start something or want to turn on the TV, but if we get into something that we both like, that's kind of fun. So yeah. So Fauda, we have a little bit left. We're behind the times on that. Most people have already watched that, but that's our latest one. It's really good. I watched one without you, which was the formula one thing on Netflix, uh, drive to survive. And I really enjoyed it. I'm not really a formula one guy, but I I enjoyed that series as well. Okay. That sounds made up. No true story. Yeah. It's not, not for me. Um, all right. What about, I happen to know David is a big reader. He loves to read. What, do you have any good book recommendations for the listeners? Uh, well, I read boring stuff. I read history type things. Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, I thought was, uh, you know, he's a Holocaust survivor. That was, you know, sort of what I was talking about before, which is we're all sort of looking for things that bring meaning in our lives. And uh, I thought that was a, an impactful book. Uh, but I do like novels too, like Where the Crawdags Sing. That was a good one. Oh, yes, David, that was one you're always that, recommending. That. That, that was a great one. Yeah. Yeah, I read that too. That was great. Yeah, that was great. So David, at the end of all of our podcast episodes, we always like to ask our guests what they're most thankful to Cornell for. How would you answer that? For me, Misha, it was meeting you. No, I'm kidding, Steph. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a common answer. Clearly, <laughs> uh, it was meeting and falling in love with Steph. And here we are. Uh, married 27 years. It's just been that that was clearly number one. Uh, but great friendships and the experiences there were were tremendous. By, by the way, I don't know if your listeners know what were your graduation caps. Has anyone talked about the, you know, no, I still you have, have do you have that whole picture with, you know, you and your girlfriends there are still crazy after all these years, you know, that, that's you, right. That was a, a great picture. I, I do love the uh, how close that you all were back then and how you've kept that close friendship. And you guys have your group text and you do your calls whenever yeah. on the Zoom calls. And I love the relationship that, you know, I love the relationships that I had, but I haven't been as good at keeping in touch. No, just excuses would be, you know, but you guys have been tremendous and those are wonderful relationships for me to watch. I, I love all you girls. I just have to end with one funny thing, which is David and I will be, you know, getting ready for bed or in bed late at night. I'll look at my phone and start laughing and he'll look at me and he'll say, me. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know we're blessed and we are very blessed that you and that my husband appreciate sense of humor, which is sometimes very silly. Oh yeah. Well, he's so funny too, but you guys, guys I know we get together. It's, I, I think it's true for all relationships is you just relive all those stories. And I, how many times have you guys told the same stories about whatever happened? Oh, well, oh my God. And by the way, yeah. it's never enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's why we created this. So we could do it. We want to retell them all. Yeah. 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 But for real, you know, it's such a pleasure for us to share a lot of those memories with you, but just to have you in our life, you're just, you're the best. And we appreciate your time. You have so little free time and gave it to us today. We, we just, uh, we could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much, David. And thank you for being such a friend to the podcast and being here for our 20th episode. Big deal. Yeah. And I hope to see you really soon. Nish, it's so great to see you. You look amazing. You look, you, neither of you guys have thank aged you. at all. You look exactly as you guys both did. Thank you. you know, 30 years ago or how, when did we graduate? 
91. Yeah. Yeah. 30, yeah. 31 years ago. Yeah. You're both. Let's round down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful and amazing. So it's so great to see you Thank again, you. Mish. And Steph, I'll see you Thank in about you. 10 seconds. Yeah. All right. I'll be right <laughs> yeah. there. Love you. I love you. Thanks, guys. Great job on your podcast. I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next week for another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. Thank you.